Hello, listeners. You're about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, recording here on July 5th, uh, just around noontime. Uh, Alex, how was your, uh, let's start with that, how was your 4th of July so far? It was good, it was fun, uh, you know. I hung out with you for a little bit, hung out at my own house for a little bit, uh, you know, just kind of kicked back, had some drinks, ate some good food, and uh, had a good time. How about you? Same thing here, you know, just uh, getting the drinks on, getting the food on. You know, it's always a time where you can never really watch out for, you know, calories or, uh, you know, just kind of be healthy. You kind of got to let a, it's a little a holiday. cheat day It's a holiday for, it. so, for, for Pete's sake. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, just wanted to, uh, you know, just, of course, today, just talk about kind of the big things in baseball going on. Right now, the big the big story of the day is going to be, the, of course, the All Star rosters coming out officially yesterday. Um, we'll touch a little bit on that. We'll touch a little bit on um, some Angels news. But uh, Alex, where should we start off today? I think we have to first uh, kind of take a look at, I guess, our overall thoughts on some of the guys who made the All Star team, and also some of the guys who didn't make the All Star team. Um, there's a few ways we can start this out, Travis, uh, because for those that don't know. Essentially, the way the All-Star worked, the All-Star selection worked this year is there was fan voting to narrow every position uh, down to three. And, and that would be for, for catcher, DH, uh, first, second, third base, shortstop. Outfield was nine spots? or 12? Yeah, 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 nine spots total. And then the pitching is all decided by the coaching and, and all that. But um, So for those spots, those fans voted down to three guys at each position. And Travis, those fan voting had some very, like, some questionable results, like some it things was very that bad, really, yeah. <laughs> really don't reflect like the top three players at every position this season. So we can dive into that for a bit. And then also just to kind of let the viewers know from there, the fans picked the best guy at each position. And then th- th- those will be the all-star starters. And then um, the rest of the reserves are filled in by, I believe, by coaching staffs. And I think there's also some player voting involved. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. essentially... Uh, the reserves were all announced yesterday, and maybe some guys will get filled in here and there for injury purposes and stuff. But essentially, we now know uh, the answers to some questions about, like, is this guy going to make it as a reserve? Is that guy mm-hmm. going to make it as a reserve? That was answered for us yesterday. So, Travis, I think we should first take a stop at uh, looking at some of these top three voting of course, yeah. scenarios. So, like I said earlier, uh, these top threes at every position were determined by fans. And some of these guys, Travis, just did not really deserve to be top three in their position. And I actually alluded to it last episode, where Jose Abreu for me was one of the just the the, the strangest in, <laughs> the strangest inclusions. And yeah, yeah. I it makes some sense why he got the votes, and mainly because he was MVP last season, right, Travis? Yeah, yeah, of course. And also the Chicago White Sox fan base, I'm sure, is strong, and they got their they got plenty of people to vote to vote in, you know. Yeah, and and also pointing out too that he got the the like we talked about I think a couple of weeks ago the, the SB nomination for you know best player right now, which was kind of yeah. a, kind of an just a, a crazy uh, nomination because I think everyone in baseball would think Jose Abreu is not the best player in baseball by far. I mean, he's, not, you, he's you, like not even the best first baseman. You, you, you can make probably a list of 25 players who are better than him. I, I mean, I would definitely say so. 
Um, but yeah, so with that, we'll, let, let's start with the AL. Let's start with the catchers. So, okay. um, you know, the three catchers that, of course, were nominated were Salvador Perez of the Royals, Yasmani Grandal of the White Sox, and Martin Maldonado of the Astros. I didn't really didn't have too much of a problem here uh, right. from the three nominations. Did you? Any any, any uh, no. snubs? I know I, there's one guy, of course, I would like to say was a snub. And yeah, it, it, it Mr. was Mr. Max Stassi. Right, right. We'll, we'll get there in just one second. So the the first two guys, it was really a two man race in my opinion. I think Grandal, the crazy you know on base he's had uh, in, for a good stretch of this season, but then it was kind of Salvador's uh, you know race to to really just kind of run away with. Uh, Maldonado, as a is you know I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. He seems like a, a good guy, but besides that, his batting stats aren't anything incredible this year. Uh, he's a st- uh, stable defender, um, you know, so he's good behind the plate uh, for that reason. But um, he's on a really good team, and that kind of probably helped his case. Mm-hmm. But Max Stassi, Travis, is someone who has you know better offensive numbers than pretty much all those guys, and is a great glove. And yeah. and and the reason why he was not. He not only was not top three, but he was not even able to be voted for unless you did a write-in, which I did, by the way, Max, if you're listening. Yeah. I wrote your name in. Don't worry. <laughs> I got I got your back. But because he missed so much time on injury, uh, he was not even able to be voted on in the standard procedure. If you clicked on the Angels catcher, it would have given you Kurt Suzuki, which is just a little bit uh, painful as an Angel fan. That was our <laughs> option. Some Angels fans almost like uh, did, did some joke votes just trying to get him in the top three just to make a... I think he was actually top five. I think he got like fourth or fifth in voting, yeah, which is just yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, that was uh, some jokes by the Angels uh, Twitter, Angels uh, you know fan base. But uh, yeah, Stassi's a guy who I would have loved to see in top three. I think if he was healthy the whole year, there's no way that third spot is not his mm-hmm. because just what he was doing at the plate and also behind the plate. Um, I like Maldonado, but Stassi has, has been better this year. If you, if you know, if you exclude those injuries, uh, I think you agree with that, right? Oh, totally, hundred percent. I mean, catcher is kind of a hard thing to look at because, you know, Salvador is a great catcher, and he is kind of. I mean, if, if you didn't have Stassi in the league right now, um, I think it, it was kind of just a runaway. Salvador Perez is going to run away at the catching spot because because Grandal has been so good of getting on base, but the average has just been awful yeah vote you know some fans who really like average are going to see that and they're not going to vote for, yeah. they're going to vote for salvador yeah. over him so yeah so i think that uh with, with salvador of course getting the uh nomination and also being selected as the starting catcher for the all-star game it got you know everything was pretty correct on that point um for that as well but uh you know moving to first base alex we had vladimir guerrero jr we had yuri yuri guriel of the astros and yeah. then we had jose abreu and this of course was the big debate with baseball i think the first baseman nominations were they got one guy right and we all know who that guy is but they got two guys that were very questionable because there's two other guys who we definitely firmly believe were having better seasons than uh, guriel of the astros and abreu of the white Sox. let's uh i'll go to you but kind of elaborate on on that whole um you know nomination and, and what, the, what do you think the thought process was for some of these things yeah so um obviously guerrero jr being the first I think he had the most votes in the whole all-star voting yeah, process, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Rightfully so, too. Yeah, he's the runaway, uh, you know, best offensive player in the league. At first base has an offensively-minded position, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he deserves to run away with it. Um, and then, Travis, for me, it really felt like second, third, and fourth, there's three names, and they all made sense. And that would be Guriel, Walsh, and Olsen. And I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, if someone like Walsh, who I really do think is an all-star, if he were to miss out because Guriel and Olsen, I would say, you know, he just got a really unlucky draw. Mm-hmm. 
some other first basemen in the division are putting up very similar numbers to you, Walsh. Uh, I wish you got the nod since you were, you know, such a young guy. You know, it would have been great to get an all-star this early in your career. Yeah, yeah. But those guys were really good, too. Uh, the one guy who pushed both Walsh and Olsen off the top three is, of course, Jose Abreu. He was MVP last season. Uh, this season, he is not only not an MVP type guy, he's like not an all-star type guy by any means, uh, by my estimation. He is currently sitting at a 250 batting average, a 330 on base, a 447 slugging. That's only a 777 OPS. That's a 114 OPS plus, Travis. He has 12 doubles, 14 homers. Walsh is miles better than pretty much all of these stats. Yeah. Um, Walsh is over a 900 OPS now, and he just continues to rake. Uh, he Walsh is now in the 20 double, 20 homer club. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Abreu is down at 12 doubles, 14 homers, like I said. Walsh is just really putting up... Um, the, the, the stats align were just were just better. And, and, and it, across it, the board. Across yeah. the board, and I firmly believe probably a better defender, too. Better yeah. base runner. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just didn't understand at all. Yeah, and then so also like, continuing on Walsh, um, I don't know how much this really factors in, but Walsh has had some big moments this year as well. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, last episode, in the middle of the episode, we were kind of talking about how Walsh hit a grand slam to save a game. And that all, that all happened after the, the voting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that makes sense. But even earlier in the season, Travis, against the White Sox, actually, yeah, against a right. team, uh, Walsh did have a, a walk-off home run in the first series of our season. Walsh has come up big. Uh, he hit a, I believe, a homer. Maybe it was a double off Bauer to uh, win the game against the Dodgers. A so double, he, yeah. He's had these yeah. big kind of. I think it's a Garmo double. I think he's just had some of these big moments, um, you know, in in throughout the season. And the fact that fans kind of gave the nod to Abreu was, I guess, just a really poor decision making. I I really Travis, tell, tell me what, tell me your thought process because. It's always my mindset that there's no reason to bring last season into this season in terms of all-star voting. No, not at all. And and this season is kind of different because there was no all-star game last year. Mm -hmm. So I feel sympathy for someone like Abreu, uh, someone like so anyone who broke out last year Mm -hmm. and had their like their all-star year but didn't get the chance to actually go to the game. I do feel some sympathy for that. But does that mean you should take away Walsh's spot? Like that seems even less fair to me. So no, exactly. And and if I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I I actually believe that Abreu was um, a part of the all-star team. I think in 2019 and 18. You know, going back, and I think I I spoke to you about this. um, You know. I, you know the Pascal podcast. You know the, the AL first basemen really weren't very. I think it wasn't. It wasn't really a heavy. You know a spot. You know in the NL you had Rizzo, you had Freeman, you had Goldschmidt, you had all these Muncie, big time yeah. and Muncie, big, all these big time sluggers. Even when Bellinger was there, and you know I feel like Jose Abreu was like the AL guy because I feel like it was like Olson was kind of you know young but growing, and then also uh, Gurriel was young um, in the league at least, but young and also kind of growing, and they weren't really you know a threat. And you look at, you know, I look at his, his stats right now, and, and Abreu was an all-star in uh, 2019 and in 2018. So uh, back-to-back years of being an all-star and an all-star his rookie year in 2014. So he has gotten the all-star experience. Um, and, of course, last year, you know, putting up insane numbers and great numbers, but no all-star game last year. So maybe that's also another case of that they said, you know, let's let's give him a shot at, uh, you know, proving that point. But, you know, I, I hate that whole thing where let's look at last season. It's, it's, it's not really... It doesn't really, you know, it shouldn't come to any effect in, in right. this year's All Star game. And plus, you know what? It's it's not like we're talking about awards. But it's it's an All Star game. I know some players are kind of like, you know what? 
all-star games are great, but you know, it's an all-star game. It's kind of just yeah. like, it's really just kind of a fun classic thing. You want to go do once or twice in your career. If you can go every year, that'd be so great. But you know, it, it's nothing like crazy meaningful. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a little interesting to see his name on there because like you said, Olsen and Walsh almost down the stat line, you could say are all a better hitting line right. th- throughout the, throughout the and, whole entire stat line. And, and we, we covered the whole Walsh situation and how, you know, he made his case. Olsen, the case speaks for itself. Just go look at his numbers. Definitely. He's, he's been in a, you know, an MVP caliber kind of bat. He plays good first base at, uh, at the first base position for the athletics. The real reason why I assume that he didn't make the top three is because his team is a very small fan base. Yeah. And that is just an unfortunate fact for, the A's, uh, the A's kind of all-star contender kind of guys. I know that um, Olsen didn't get in the top three. Loriano had a very good start to the season. He did not make the top nine uh, outfielders, yeah, yeah. I believe. Um, so he was not. These, these are guys who didn't even crack like the uh, the finalist. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as well as Mar- Mark Cannon had a great start to the year. He was nowhere. Like I saw, like you know, I saw the extended list of the voting like, beyond the top guys and like down the list, and they were just pretty low. I think that mostly has to do with the uh, the A's. Even though they have a good team, uh, not uh, not enough fans to essentially kind of nudge their guys yeah, into yeah. the into the, the finalist uh, category. I also saw this morning, Travis. Um, w- w- you know, we get the pitchers later, but real quick, I guess Bassett also didn't. Uh, he wasn't picked as to be a starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and I guess his numbers across the board were just better than Eovaldi's. Uh, so yeah, for, for the yeah. Red Sox, and so like, I mean. It makes sense in a way because the Red Sox have been great, and uh, you know, Nathan Nivaldi has been a, a very good uh, starting pitcher for them. A big reason why they're doing well. But you know, when you just look at the numbers straight up, the A's are also a good team, and Bassett uh, was it was a bit of a snub. His, he his, was his, his his a lot of his numbers are tops ten in the MLB for or sorry in the AL for pitching. So yeah, um, yeah. the A's kind of get snubbed in a, a few different ways and i think i'm just kind of because of a small fan base yeah small market and that's just kind of the way it goes for all-star kind of stuff so exactly. unfortunate for them but uh, we can probably continue now to uh yeah we'll, we'll continue but you know the thing is now with you know going to second base and shortstop i you know i really didn't have too many problems with this you know second base we had jose altuve of the astros marcus Semyon of the blue jays and dj lemayhew of the yankees and then moving on to shortstop we had bogarts red Sox, correa astros and bichette blue jays I'll start with the shortstop just first because, honestly, I really didn't have a problem. I mean, for me, Bogarts and Correa are the two best shortstops in the AL. And it it really doesn't really come close. Bichette is a young, upcoming guy. um, And to throw him out there, I think that they, you know, he's still having a a good year and a a good presence as as the shortstop position. So um, anything with shortstops you want to cover on? Anything with the nominations? No, in terms of nominations, no. We can get down to who was the... Starting selection later on, yep, but yep. Um, for nominations, I like those names. Yeah, and, and then and then second base, Altuve, Semyon, LeMahieu. Um, for me, of course, Semyon reigns atop of Altuve and LeMahieu. And honestly, Altuve has been actually having quite a comeback season. Um, so I I, I I really liked having his name on there. Um, a couple of names that actually you know came to mind instead of LeMahieu was of course our guy, our angel, David Fletcher. Yeah, um, you know, not really having. Uh, not the strongest season we want out of out of Fletcher. He actually is getting a lot. You know, he's been heating up the past it's, couple of weeks. It's it's been it's been really uh, crazy because at the beginning, some guys were, someone people were slandering Fletcher's name, Travis. Some, yeah, some, I know, some, I know. It was early early days in the season. You know, I think maybe about a month, month and a half, two months in, he was still batting like two forty something like that. Yep, yep. He has very quickly climbed back up above the two ninety mark. Um, which is about his career average, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty much back to uh, back to business, back to where he usually is as a batter. 
Um, the slugging's never there with him, and that's just not part of the deal. So we don't really expect that from him. Uh, and then the on-base, I think, is a bit down from where, where it's been the last couple seasons, but um, you know, maybe walks he can get a few more walks. Um, I think a reason why he has not been walking recently, Travis, is because he's currently in the middle of a, I believe it's a 19-game hitting streak, yep. which is the current AL record for this season. Um, go Fletch, go! Keep slapping it away, and exactly. uh, you know, get, keep getting on base with those uh, with those little bloop singles, and Shohei will drive you in. So exactly, and, and I'm looking too right now at his numbers right now, and you look at you know just basically just looking at WAR. Fletcher right now on this season has a 1.5 WAR, as to Lemayhu, he only has a 1.0 WAR. Yeah, so and, easily just beating him in that. Yeah, and, and a bigger reason for that is Fletcher's defense is yep. so good, and also Travis. Lemayhu, you know, if you were to compare Lemayhu the last couple seasons versus Fletcher the last couple seasons, the big now will go to Lemayhu because of his bat. Yeah. But this season, looking at Lemayhu's bat, 271 batting average, that's below Fletcher. 347 on base, that's above Fletcher. And a 372 slugging. What's Fletcher's? Do you have it there? Fletcher's right now is at 337, which, of course, you know, it's we're low. not going to put Fletcher down because right. he's not a slugging guy. Whereas Lemayhu, the past couple of seasons, has been a huge, huge slugging guy. The, so and, yeah, Lemayhu's bat is the real reason why he's been the AL second baseman these last two seasons. He had a, he had an eight ninety three OPS in twenty nineteen. He had a one point zero one one OPS in twenty twenty. But this season is down to seven twenty. Travis, yeah, yeah. a one oh one OPS plus by Lemayhu tells me he's just like an average hitter right now. And Fletcher's a slightly below average in terms of you know factoring on base and slugging, but the defense really just rises him way past Lemayhu in terms of WAR. So, exactly, exactly. And, um, and 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 a thing to point out too, you know, some hitters, and you look at some great hitters. I mean, guys like Rod Carew, guys like you know Ichiro Suzuki, OPSs are not good at all when you look at their entire careers and stat lines because they're compared guys to the that, sluggers. No. They're not sluggers, and they're always swinging the bat. They're not trying to draw walks. Guy like Ichiro, I think some years when he batted, you know, above three seventy. His on base was like 400, so he had almost like a 30, yeah. uh, a, a .03, you know, yeah. rise in his on base, and it's like okay, the guy's not walking, so that's really going to kind of maybe hinder his OPS and his OPS plus. So some guys, of course, I get it. Some guys kind of get a free pass, and that's kind of like David Fletcher. He's not going to be hitting. He might not even hit five home runs this season because he has zero in the season right now. Yeah. So he's not going to be slugging the ball. He's basically his job is to always make contact, get on base by slapping the ball, moving guys over. Um, just kind of an old school hitter. But you know, like you said, he's kind of a big snub, I would say, because uh, you know, with Lemayhu really being really poor in the field, and then also his hitting has just taken a huge, huge step back. So um, Fletcher's one guy I think that got a little snubbed on the nominations, of course. But you know, with Lemayhu being you know, the name with the Yankees, I understand why he got a lot of votes. Yeah, the Yankees are always going to get serious representation uh, in any sort of fan voting. You know, they, you know, their fan base kind of takes over everything. So, um, it like you said, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Altuve, also very deserving. We'll just add that in there. And Simeon, of course, uh, has pro- is really earned the earned the spot. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Cool, cool. And then, uh, you know, now going to third base, uh, Devers, Mancata, and Bregman being the three nominations. Um, Bregman and Mancata. Mancata actually has been a kind of kind of a nice season this, with, with the White Sox this year. So I give him I give him some credit. Also with Rendon for the Angels, kind of not you know being injured a lot and you know always having to kind of climb out of the injury and kind of you know go through those tough growing pains when it comes to getting back to your All Star form. Rendon's been hitting the ball really well. Had a home run yesterday. Uh, kind of getting back to his old self, but of course it's and then but much he, he had, in July now. He he had another injury setback just yes. yesterday, so 
the story of the season for Rendon is just, you know, missing little short stretches here and there, not able to find his groove. So, yeah, there's no argument for him to be in this top three, yeah. even though I still think he's a he's easily a top five third baseman in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now he's not showing yeah. it because he's had these nagging injuries. So I'm very good with that list. I know Moncada. At one point, at one point in the last couple months, uh, maybe about a m- month ago, he was, like, leading ba- leading the American League in, like, uh, uh, or, sorry, leading third baseman in uh, on base. So, like, that's always a good stat uh, for me. Uh, I know Bregman has not been, like, his MVP self, but he's been very good, and he's on a very good team. And then I think Devers has really earned that spot as well. He's slugging like crazy. The Red Sox are rolling. So I like I like those three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so good. So we're in agreement there. Um, and then... Kind of, you know, going towards the outfield, you know, we have we have nine names and, you know, it's basically the big sluggers of the AL. Judge, um, Garcia of the Rangers, Brantley, Mullins, Hernandez, Verdugo, Grichik, Buxton, Trout. You know, when you kind of give outfielders, you, you have a pretty big sample size with that. And, you know, I really didn't have a problem with those nominations um, with the AL. Uh, anything with you with, with the nominations, of course? No, no. no. I'm, I'm trying to think of a snub in my head. Um, you know, there are some guys who have had, you know, Good years uh, that maybe you know were, were, didn't quite make the cut, but essentially those nine guys have all been they've all earned that spot. They have, they have. So um, they have, there's yeah. no one that's there and like they just like they got in because they're fans or something like that. No, I mean, no. all all those guys deserve it. Uh, there's there's a case to be made for all of them. I know Brantley has had an incredible stretch of being good at contact. He's mm-hmm. really high on the average leaderboard right now. Guys like Trout and Buxton have missed time, but you can't knock them because their first month or two was so, so good. Yeah, um, yep. So everyone has a case there. Um, Mullins leads in war, I believe, for outfielders. Yep, uh, yep. Judge is judge. Judge is a five-tool guy, kind of. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's good reasons for everyone to yep. be there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Good with that. And I think we're, I, you know, one thing also I think we're really good with is the uh, the DH, you know, Otani, oh, J.D. Martinez, Alvarez. There's really nothing to say there. Those are the three best DHs in baseball because there's yeah. only one dh or there's only a dh in the al so it, it, um, it's interesting that for for about like there was a week there travis maybe uh mid-june it might have been mm-hmm. or maybe it was a little earlier than that but i'm trying to remember uh there was a good little week of time where stanton was like on some sort of like hit streak and everyone thought stanton was like oh like stanton's coming back like yeah. stanton is back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's crazy how like that faded out so quickly uh and now he's not even top three voting and i do agree that martinez and Alvarez being the two and three spot, it makes sense. I don't think Stanton does it over those guys necessarily, but it's funny how Stanton faded out so quickly on that. He is, I know, and, and they're right. I think it was like early May where he was, yeah, people were saying, oh, you know, he's he's on a roll. He's got, you know, extra base hits and almost six straight games or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he he's just kind of an interesting player with the Yankees because I know they paid him all that, all, you know, they, they got the trade from the Marlins and they, they took that contract and... It's 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 almost working out, but also I feel like it's it's also you know Yankee fans I keep hearing are upset because he won't play the outfield or he doesn't he doesn't play outfield at all, so he's always the DH and he's actually hindering some guys from actually getting time out there. You know, watching the series with the Angels and the and the Yankees, they put Miguel Andujar in left field. Yeah, I mean I, I feel like I had never seen like almost worse defense. Yeah. out in left field, just than, like a bit of confusion from him for sure. It, it, and it, it was just it, it kind of was a pain. I think they were saying you know why not just put Stanton out there? You played left field for you know nine years with Miami, and so it's kind of just like you know what, what why, why do you have to keep staying at the DH spot? But and, and Travis, right? I like that you brought up that series right when uh, Stan was up to bat. I think he might have been going up against. I was against a left-handed pitcher. I can't remember who. Someone out of our bullpen, I think. But mm-hmm. um, I was explaining to my grandpa. We were watching the game, and I was explaining to him 
the Stanton launch angle stuff and how, or sorry, sorry, the Stanton exit velocity stuff and how yeah. like he leads in exit velocities like every year and all his like exit, he just hits like 120 bombs all the like in his sleep pretty much like 120 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. And as we said that, he just hit like a line drive home run like into the into the bullpen. It was just so funny. I was like, that was just an absolute shot. Perfect but, timing. Yeah. yeah. But like his power. I you know there's, you completely understand why the Yankees gave him that contract. Like the yeah. power he has when he's right, it's best in baseball. Yeah. Even still, yeah. right now he's getting older. His power is best in baseball when he's right, and he has not really been right with the Yankees for a full season yet. So it's really just kind of unfortunate for them. Uh, but yeah, like we said, those top three DH guys, mm-hmm. looking at Otani, DJ or sorry, uh, JD Martinez and Jordan Alvarez, they're, they're the three DHs for sure. Three BS. And so now we'll kind of sum it through the uh, the NL and the nominations, uh, pretty you know kind of quickly. But with the uh, with the catcher spot, you know we had Posey, Molina, Contreras. I of course you know. There's one big name, and that's Posey in that list. The other two, I do are having decently good seasons. And Contreras, Molina didn't, of course, really have a problem with that at all with the with the nominations on that. I, I do think Will Smith is someone who deserves to be in that conversation. He does. He does. Um, he's just been so good. Uh, pretty much every season he's been in the on the team. But uh, you know, Contreras has been solid, and Molina's been also Molina's been his bat has been unexpectedly good as well as Posey. Both kind of guys who are older. Yeah. But yeah. Molina, you know, uh, I guess. Has a, a solid case for the, the top three. I just think Will Smith, um, uh, you know, he's kind of on my snub radar a little mm-hmm, bit. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not sure. I'm convinced that he like was completely ripped off. But I'm looking at Will Smith's numbers right now: a 261 batting average, a 363 on base, and a 469 slugging. That's a, a, a 832 OPS and a 132 OPS plus for a catcher. That's super good. That is really that's, good. That's really that good. Is really good. So, um, and we're looking at 10 home runs for him already, 12 doubles as a catcher who doesn't play every game. So that's right. That's right. Barnes gets a lot of time as well. So, um, yeah, I think Will Smith's a guy who definitely should have been in that top three bubble. Uh, he just missed out, and um, that's you know. It's just so, the way sorry. it goes. Yeah, sorry, Dodger fans. <laughs> but um, yeah, the other three guys that made it are all having good seasons as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. And then and then first base, I don't think we have a problem on this one. Muncie, Freeman, Rizzo. I mean, those are kind of the t- Muncie, of course, having an unbelievable season this year. He is just. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every day I'm seeing that he's almost hitting the ball at least at the warning track, getting doubles or you know hitting the ball out of the ballpark. He has been on an absolute tear. Yeah. And and then you got Freddie Freeman, the you know the reigning NL MVP. Kind of had a slow start, but he's still he's picking it up now and of course he's still he's still putting up the numbers that are, you know, that's why he's been an all-star for so long. You know, right. he's, he's just been an elite. He, even though he's not doing what he did in his MVP year last yeah, year, yeah. you still go back to what he was doing before that and it's still it's, an all-star. It's yeah. still top-notch. And then of course Anthony Rizzo, he's still one of the best first basements uh you know we've always talked about it one of the best on base percentage guys mm-hmm. out there um he still of course gets that top nine i think also you look at the fan bases too i mean dodgers and cubs have such a huge fan base and then of course braves um being kind of that whole that southern area everyone of course loves freddie freeman and i know that people around the you know the united states and the world probably think freddie freeman is of course one of the best first basemen if not the best first baseman in mlb right now so um, pretty easy for me to kind of you know take those nominations for first base definitely sure. of course more accurate and a lot better than the AL first base list. So yeah. Sure. So uh, moving to second base, uh, we got Ozzy Albies, Adam Frazier, and Gavin Lux. Um, this one was interesting because you know Albies, I feel like has kind of grown and has kind of been you know developing more into that you know sec you know NL second baseman. 
Uh, you know, guys like Cattell Marte were very good in the past. And, you know, the thing with Cattell is he was playing so many different positions. Yeah, he's literally um, going shortstop, second base, outfield, yeah. But I mean, Albies, of course, was on, you know, I, for me, he was on my radar for being the best, you know, NL second baseman. Lux was kind of growing into it. We didn't see him really at all last season. Right. We saw him a little bit in 19, but not at all last season. And then this year had a crazy good start for the mm-hmm. Dodgers and then kind of slowed it down a bit. But he's still being consistent and kind of picking it back up again. So I see why his name's on the list. And then um, Adam Frazier of the Pirates. I mean, just kind of a, just just an absolute wild card. I mean, yeah. looking at his stats right now, um, he was on our radar for the All MLB team we had last last week. You know, with, mm-hmm. with the episode for the All MLB team, and so he was sneaky um, good. Yeah, I mean, his average is insane. Uh, he's been at least one of their bright spots for the Pirates organization right now. So um, those three, you know, not really going to complain. But of course, one guy I think we want to talk about is um, Chris Taylor for the Dodgers. Yes, he is a guy that was putting up kind of a sneaky like career year this year, but. He, he it's like Muncie. He's playing so many different positions where yeah. it's kind of tough to say. They, they listed him as an outfielder on the voting, I believe. Yeah, so it just yeah. it just made it to where if you did call him a second baseman, he probably would have won it running away easily, easily. Especially at the time when voting was happening, he was like leading the Dodgers in tons of stats, and the Dodgers were like you know they're a juggernaut in, in a lot of ways. So yeah, it's it, it is you know it's a tough break for him it to is. not get categorized as a second baseman. But you're totally right. If he was, you know, it'd be it'd be a different uh, top three for sure. Definitely, definitely. And, and uh, moving kind of down the line to the uh, the, the shortstop position, uh, Tatis Jr., <laughs> I mean, not no surprise he's on the list, uh, Brandon Crawford on the Giants, and then one name that kind of is kind of a little bit of a surprise uh, for, for many is, is Javier Baez on the Cubs. Yeah. Um, for me, of course, you and me, I think we'll agree, Tatis Jr. and Crawford, pretty consistent with staying on the list. I mean, for shortstops right now, they've been, they've been really good when it comes to NL. Um, firepower for the shortstops but uh, Javier Baez kind of an interesting guy to put on the list because uh, we've been talking about him since you know last season and he was his hitting was awful I mean he was so bad and he kind of started out the season a little a little on the slow side too we're just like you know this guy you know he's going to be a free agent and people are really kind of giving him credit for being this you know crazy good shortstop but it's interesting because right it, now, it Travis, the, the, there's some numbers that really make him look great, and there's some numbers that make him re- look really bad. So yeah, first off, I'll start here looking at a 2.1 baseball reference war. Mm-hmm. So that's good. 2.1. It is that's good. That's good. He'll finish with a four something more. Mm-hmm. If you have a four to five war, you're an all star. Yeah, you are. Of course. So he's on pace to have that kind of that kind of number. But if you look at his batting stats, we're talking about a 225 average, a 274 on base. That's well below 300. Yeah. Yeah. 300 is kind of like, okay, if you're below 300, that's kind of a question mark. Mm-hmm. He's well below that. But he's slugging like crazy. He's slugging at a 458 slug. That's a ends up being a, a, exactly a 100 OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got you know 18 homers, which is a, a good number. And he also steals bags, 10 stolen bases. So that's right. there's lots of value in certain spots, and there's some spots that are very questionable. Travis. The thing that stands out to me the most on this entire stat line is that he has only 13 walks this season. And, <laughs> Travis, he has 111 strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, leading baseball with Travis, 111. He has 111 strikeouts, yeah. and we're halfway through the season. He's yeah. going to finish with more than 200. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he his career high is 2018. He had 167. That was uh, the most he's ever had in his career. And that was the year he actually almost won the MVP. He finished second to Yelich that year. And he's going to shatter that number. Uh, I'm trying it, to think of when the it, last time I... It's pretty insane. I'm trying to think of the last time I remember a guy getting 200 strikeouts in a season. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, you're looking at almost... almost He will almost average two strikeouts a game. 
because you're looking at, at his total games played, which he does play a lot of games. I mean, I give him that. He actually is a guy that's going to go out there and play every single day. Um, but yeah, I mean, his defense is still, I think it, 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 it's still a very good defense that he plays. Yes. Um, it, it, it's just that, you know, his, his hitting is kind of just like, you know, and, and you know, he's a good player. If he was a guy that said, I want to go out there and, you know, maybe he wants to earn, you know, 10 to like 13, 14 million dollars a year. I would say, you know, that's actually pretty good money because your hitting, of course, is going to be. Oh, I think he's going to, yeah, I think he's going to want more than that. No, he he will, exactly. But of course, when he wants, you know, he's going to want 25, 30 mil, I can see. And it's kind of just like, that's where you draw the line. It's like your defense is great. But honestly, if you were to get maybe in, in the teens for the millions of dollars per year, I think that'd be a good deal for him. Like, but like, like Charles, if, if if so, the Angels after the season are going to need a shortstop. Don't start. Don't don't. We, we've documented the fact that we're going to need a sign a shortstop after the season, and I have feared. Don't that, say his I name. have feel that we're going to pursue Baez because <laughs> of his Joe Madden connection, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they both were Cubs at the same time, uh, coach and player. Run prevention. Remember that. Uh, and I understand the defensive value there, but Charles, where would he be in our order? He should be like our eighth hitter. If he yeah. was on our team right now, with that average, that on base, like. He would be like right now. Right now, I'd say we should just keep Iglesias at Jose Iglesias sure, shortstop. But sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But yeah, you're right. He would be definitely should be probably hitting in like and honestly, I and guess, that would I just guess. be wrong to have him that low. But that's yeah. where he would be in the in the, in the grand scale of like how our other batters are doing right yeah. now. Yeah, Charles, I, I just a second ago was talking about like you know a 200 strikeout season. That's what he's on pace for. Yeah, when yeah. has that ever happened? And my first thought was like, I want to see if I can find someone really quick who has done that. And my first thought was to look at Judge because he did strike out a lot. Mm-hmm. And the MV, the the rookie of the year and MVP second place finish he had in 2017, he actually did have 208 strikeouts. Wow! And so it shows that you can strike out a lot and still have really good value. Yeah. But the thing is, usually that is also correlated with having a really good eye at least. Like, okay, you're taking a lot of pitches, you're getting some strikeouts. Yeah. But you're also getting a lot of walks and obviously hitting for power. And Judge also led baseball with, or sorry, led the American League with 127 walks that year. So. Yeah. Baez ain't gonna be doing that. No, exactly. We already know that. So. It, and, and it kind of tells you too that Judge is, you know, he's he's working the count a lot. You know, not probably swinging at the first pitch. He's yeah. trying to get probably seeing like four to five pitches in that bat. You know, he's striking out a lot, but of course he's also walking a lot. Yeah. But whereas Baez is chasing more a lot. Exactly, more. exactly. And uh, and one guy I wanted to point out too that was kind of you know for me it was kind of a snub, and he's also the not the hometown guy, but he plays for the you know the, the home Colorado Rockies is Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Um, Story right now has a one point eight WAR on the season, uh, about you know point three less than Baez. Uh, but you know, looking at a stat line, of course, a, a two fifty six batting average. Of course, that's you know better than Baez's batting average right now. Yep. A little bit, um, you know, a little bit less on the RBIs. I know he has about 10 less RBIs and um, about a little bit more runs. So kind of like about staying a little consistent there and then also less home runs. But actually, you know, it's kind of crazy. 15 stolen bases for Trevor Story. But looking, of course, at the on-base and the slugging, it is all, uh, it, it appears to be all better than Baez right now. And then, of course, the OPS plus is at 105 over Baez's 100. So yeah. you do see a guy in Story who is pretty much a better hitter than Baez right now. And also, it's kind of funny because you would think that maybe with being in Colorado, he would get a little bit more of a favoritism on the votes to right. be a nominee. And, and the, both are great defenders. We, they are. We, we know they that. Yep. We know that. Um, and great speed. And then, yeah, great on the base paths. Um, I think, like, like you said, that's a good point that, you know, he is the hometown guy and should deserve some credit for that. But what it really comes down to there, Travis, I'm thinking, 
is it really comes down to the Chicago Cubs fan base versus the Rockies fan base. The size of the the sizes oh, of those fan bases are not very similar. No, not at all. That was going to heavily impact the voting for sure. Not at all. Not at all. So uh, that's kind of our take on the shortstops for the nominations. And now you know going to third base uh, didn't really have too many problems. I mean there there was a couple guys, maybe one guy that was maybe a little bit snubbed, but you know with Chris Bryant of the Cubs, Arenado of the Cardinals, and Justin Turner of the Dodgers. I mean. Those guys, I've all been, you know, we can all agree, those guys have been just consistency for the past five years, you know, but also all three of those guys are, you know, big names when it comes to the hot corner. Um, a one guy, of course, that was kind of a, kind of a, maybe not a letdown, but just, you know, was sneaky up there was Evan Longoria. Having kind of sure. a really big bounce back season for the Giants, um, didn't get to see him up there. Um, just because of how Bryant has played the first, almost Bryant, the first two months was looking at, you know, the best third baseman in baseball with the way he was putting up those numbers. Arenado has been consistent the past pretty much three months, just kind of, you know, putting up a good stat hitting line. And of course, his glove is probably the best in baseball. He's got, you know, Brooks Robinson kind of, you know, fielding at the hot corner. Um, and then Justin Turner, you know, he's been so consistent for the past five seasons or so with the Dodgers. Um, really can't let him down when, when you talk about the All-Star team because he's always going to be on that list with that. But um, Evan Longoria, I mean, what, what do you think about that with with with, uh, with the way he kind of didn't get any nomination? No, yeah, around? that's he's definitely a name that uh, deserves to be in this conversation just because of, you know, the what the Giants are doing and what he's kind of doing in this kind of revitalized season he's having. A 146 OPS plus in 2021 for Longoria. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that we haven't seen that guy in a while. Um, I'm just looking at, looking at his like last several seasons, Travis. A 146 OPS plus this year. Last year he was at 95. But year before, 101. Year before, 91. Year before, 99. So he's been hovering around 100 for f- a four straight seasons prior to this year. And then before that, he was a 127. A 112. So the 146 is his actually highest since 2012. Hmm. That's wow. a really impressive. And obviously, it's just, it's just the All Star break, so he could end up going down more. But you know, if, if he stays at this level, it's it would be his second best OPS plus of his career. And no one saw this really coming from this 35 year old uh, yeah. season of his. Yeah. It is very impressive. Uh, something else I want to bring up, Travis, is I think there's another name in my opinion that really should have been in this top three. It's hard for me to say who he should have knocked off the top three, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but there's a guy who actually has more baseball reference war than Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Justin Turner, and Evan Longoria, and that is Manny Machado. Machado is sitting at a three point three baseball reference war. He's Definitely. on pace. He's yeah. on pace for almost seven war. Wow. That's like that's that's you know that's that'd be super impressive if he ended up getting yeah. that. Yeah. His uh, OPS plus is at a one thirty four. So his you know his. Overall batting numbers might not be quite as good as some of the other options, but he's still hitting a 264 average, 346 on base, a 482 slugging. Uh, you know he's still putting up very solid numbers. He has 15 homers, uh, 57 ribbies. You know he's he's just been doing a lot of good stuff. He actually has nine steals, which you might wow. not think of for wow. your, your third base. Yeah. So he's he's doing a lot. Um, and obviously with with Machado, you know you're getting an absolutely amazing glove and an absolutely amazing arm. He's you know he you know if you're looking at the National League defense. Obviously, Arenado it comes to mind as the first, uh, uh, you know, the the number one, the one A essentially of of third base defense, and I think Machado would be that one B essentially. He'd be right behind him, I think. Uh, Chapman obviously in the AL in his own league, and uh, so but essentially, I think Machado would be right there, right behind Arenado uh, defensively. So I really think he should have been in that top three. Uh, what do you think about that? 
you know, you make actually a really good point because he was a guy that you know you, you totally forgot about. And when you said has a better war, I was really thinking. I mean, what other guys are who, there? Yeah, and, who, who and, we forgetting? Yeah, and you totally forget the NL and the and the star power at third base in the hot corner. I mean, to have three guys um, and and to put their name up there. I mean, Machado, you're right. He's been. He's been hot, I think, ever since he, you know, started in 2020 with him and Tatis manning the left side yeah. of the infield. You're right. It would, it actually, you know, it'd be really interesting to have that, you know, Padres left side playing in the All Star game. And you're, and you're so right that he was a guy that really kind of just totally missed the nomination. And you think about San Diego kind of growing as a fan base. Um, maybe, I mean, of course, not maybe not as popular as the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers, but they're they're growing, and everyone knows Machado and knows his name. Um, it, it actually is a, a real big kind of stunner that you you brought up that really missed the cut for the nominations because he is having you're right he, he's he's been consistent this year and has been consistent the past couple of years yeah um i, I, I don't really want, is. I, I i like the padres i don't want to be too big of like a padres like bandwagon like yeah. you know fanboy yeah, yeah. but another guy who also is on a padres that i really think should have gotten more votes is jake cronenworth and his issue travis Definitely. his issue is that he doesn't have a position he plays some second base some first base He'll play shortstop when Tatis is injured sometimes. He'll play the outfield. So it's he's hard to He's got the Chris Taylor syndrome. So, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. in that exact same boat. I wish I mentioned him with Chris Taylor. That's a really good comparison there. Um, but yeah, a guy like Cronenworth has been offensively, you know, a, a stud and he's good at defense. He's good at base running. Uh, he kind of does everything. So um, yeah, these Padres, they have a lot of these guys in this kind of bubble that, you know, they didn't really make this top three cut. But they're right there on the outside looking in, and that kind of definitely uh, that that is kind of something we see from teams like the Dodgers and teams like the Padres, who are like going to be these World Series kind of contenders because they have so many guys at so many positions that are in that top five range for their position. Maybe they're not the best, but the Dodgers have maybe like you know Dodgers have maybe like you know six seven guys that are like just, top five at their position. Just like a super utility team. I mean, I right. mean, literally one guy goes down, you can put this guy at this position. I yeah, mean, I, I remember Turner saying when they were talking about signing Rendon a couple of years back. He was like, I'll go to second base or, you know, sure. I'll, I'll move over to the right side of the infield. And it's kind of just like, really? And then you got Muncie and he's playing first. He's also playing second and he's playing third base. Yeah. Taylor's yeah. playing everywhere. Yeah. Seager goes down. You slide Luxa short. You bring Taylor yeah. into the outfield to second place, second base. Everyone's sliding around and everyone is, is also a, a really good hitter. So, yeah. The, yeah. you know, Padres and Dodgers have this ability of you know, switching guys around, making just finding a way to make it work. Yeah. And the defense still remains really good and the offense is always great. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good point right there. Yeah. Good point right there. A little comparison. Um, and then, you know, moving to the last part of it, you know, the NL outfield, Acuna, Betts, Cassianos, Winker, Harper, Soto, Yastrzemski, Chris Taylor, the Dodgers, and then Jock Peterson rounding it out. Um, but, you you know, you brought up a good point, you know, when you talk about the Padres. You know, I see a guy like, uh, you know, Trent Grisham, very, very, you know, just kind of a low, under the radar, low-key guy. Didn't make the top nominations. There are a couple guys in here that are a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say head scratchers, but just like, okay, you know, Yastrzemski's not really having one of the best seasons, but of course he got the nomination. And then Jock Peterson, he's kind of, you know, turned up of late, but I remember he was just struggling so heavily to start the season off. He wasn't even having, um, you know, a huge power surge in April, and that was what he basically was signed for with the Cubs. Jock Peterson, you think of home runs, you think of about 35 home runs, um, and then also being able to play throughout, you know, the, the left field, right field, center field kind of utility guy in the outfield, but... Um, outfield, of course, didn't really have too much of an issue with that, with the names on there. Um, anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I, I actually want to kind of further the conversation on some names that you just brought up just now. So um, Peterson is someone who, you know, he I understand why he was voted in. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of power. He's an exciting player. I do like him. I, I, you know, he seems like a, like a fun dude. Uh, and he has the Dodgers support backing him as well as the Cubs support backing him. So he really got a lot of votes because of these fan bases. And he's he's a, yeah. he's a likable guy. 
and he has a big lefty swing, you know, and he has two different fan bases that really like him. But he is not an all-star, Travis. Right now, looking at his numbers, he has a negative 0.2 war in 2021 right now, currently. Wow. Isn't that, wow. isn't that kind of crazy? That is really insane, yeah. His average is down at 225. His on-base is 297. And his OPS plus is at only 97. So he's a below-average hitter. And wow. that, that's all he really does. He's known for, you know, his big swing, his big bat. He's 11 homers. Which is better than you know what it was earlier. Yeah. He had a slow start. Um, he's probably climbing out of that hole he had early on. But a guy like Grisham Travis easily deserves the nod over him. Grisham, I'm looking at a 2.3 baseball reference WAR, uh, a 141 OPS plus by Grisham. He's literally hitting like not only an All Star but like a starting All Star. Like he should yeah. honestly be in that kind of conversation yeah. for like a top three kind of uh, an outfielder kind of guy right now. A 271 average for him, a 356 on base, and he is hitting for power at almost a 500 slugging. So 10 home runs for him and seven stolen bases. He's kind of doing a lot of different stuff, 13 doubles. Grisham, I think, is a mini superstar in the making. He's And his, the glove is, is amazing. If you're yeah. comparing him to Jock Peterson, yeah. you add the glove factor and the base running factor, and it's not even close. It's not close. Um, so I really do think, I like that you brought up Grisham. I needed to kind of put an exclamation point there saying he is a big snub in my mind, especially comparing him to a guy like Jock Peterson. Um, I just think that uh, the fan votes giving Peterson a nod does make some sense. I'm they not get a little biased. I'm not going to say that yeah. it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does seem like, uh, you know, like I said, a likable guy. And he, you know, I, I can see why he got votes. But um, a guy like Yastrzemski, who you mentioned, a 120 OPS plus, at least I can I can argue. There is an argument for him to be in that bubble. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Peterson, uh, below 100 OPS plus, and that's really what he does is hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's not a problem, but it's uh, it's it's questionable for me. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I think yeah. you would agree that Grisham is definitely making a case this season to be one of those kind of guys that should be an every-year all-star kind of guy we have to look at. No, exactly, exactly. And, and, and you make a good point that, 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 you know, the nominations for outfield, it's kind of funny because, of course, they give, they don't they do not do left, center, right. They just give you nine outfielders for the nomination. Right. So it's kind of like, a, it, it's a huge hand, handful of picks. And so, you know, we'll, we'll move on now to, of course, the starters and we'll talk about, you know, the MLB starters. And honestly, I, I, I think they did a good job with the starters. I think the starters actually represent very well on both sides, NL and AL. We'll talk about a little bit about the reserves that just got put in right now. And then, of course, we'll go over our biggest snubs. But, you know, basically, I'll start with just by saying, you know, who made the AL for starting, you know, here's the starting lineup or the starting, you know, yeah. defense. So yeah, run us through it. You know, Salvador Perez, a catcher, got that right. Guerrero Jr. at first, got that right. Semyon at second, Devers at third, Bogarts at short. They got the whole infield right. I mean, that, that that's pretty... Yeah. Well, one, Easy to say, I'd right? Say, but there's one guy. There is one guy. I know you want to point him out. Are we on the same page right now? I think he's a shortstop. Yeah. 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 You're okay. On the same page. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. So he, he's one of my uh, you know Vegas AL MVP picks. So yeah. yeah. So we both like Bogarts, Travis. Yeah. We both think he's a very good shortstop. His bat is really what carries him to the spot, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense is always questionable year in year out with him. And it's kind of okay because his bat is that good, right? He yeah. bats like a like an MVP, but his defense is, is not very good. So yeah. um, that, that's the story with Bogarts. And there's another guy named Carlos Correa, Travis, on the Houston Astros. And he is putting together one of the best seasons, I think the best season of his career. Easily. Um, Over a four-war. I mean, that just he, says it all right he's, there. He's a guy who pretty much... Uh, Pretty much, I feel like a lot of his notoriety is from like the postseason. Like he really comes mm-hmm. up big in some big spots, hits some big home runs. But really, in this this season so far, he's been a really complete player. A four point three WAR, like you mentioned, a one fifty three OPS plus. That's like an MVP caliber bat 
with good defense at the shortstop position, a great arm, uh, and we know he's on a very good team. So he kind of checks all the boxes for me. Um, I just personally am kind of confused as to why Bogarts got the nod. Um, Bo, you know, Bogarts is a very good shortstop, and he started out very hot, and he was the clear yeah. favorite in the first month or two of the season. But Bogarts has the worst OPS plus and the worst WAR right now, according to Baseball Reference WAR, uh, by by a little bit mm-hmm. in, in each category. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really don't know why he got the nod over Correa. Mm-hmm. Maybe people like what the Red Sox are doing. Maybe people maybe people just hate Correa and the Astros. And that you know, see, that's the thing with fan voting. That would make that's kind of fair. You know, exactly. If you view Correa as a cheater and you can't get that lens out of your mind, then you know that then that's what it is. And, I, I and, think and, they, and you're not going to vote for him. That's okay. But um, in terms I, of who's having a better season right now, it's Correa. I think they also like to have the like they, they point out they like the you know Toronto on the on the right side and Boston on the left side. Maybe they wanted to sure. keep that kind of like kind of symmetry. Grouping. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to keep that grouping there too. Um, but no, you're, I mean, you're so right. I mean, Correa has a, has a huge case to be the all-star starting, uh, you know, shortstop, but you know, with Bogart still, I mean, Bogart still, of course, having a great season and the team of the Red Sox having a good season. Right. It's not like, I'm not saying Bogart doesn't deserve it mm-hmm. in terms of like you're, you're having an all-star season, yeah. but Correa is better at batting right now, according yeah. to OPS plus. Yeah. And the defense is obviously going to be better. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and then we, of course, moving to the outfield for starting, you know, Mr. Mike Trout course starting another all-star game i think it's eight in a row now uh for mike trout for his all-star case so of course that's one thing that'll be cool and really you know awesome for his legacy is mike trout you know of course has you know being hurt since early may he still has a chance to you know keep that consecutive all-star game you know streak going and so he of course gets the nod for the al outfield yeah real real quick travis i know that a lot of people i actually saw some people like kind of hating on this decision uh, just because like he's been missed some some time, mm-hmm. but just to remind you guys what he was doing when he got hurt, he had a three thirty three average, a four sixty six on base percentage, a six twenty four slugging. He's like he was just running away with every single race there was. He had a ten ninety OPS. He, if for those that remember that first month of the season, it was a Trout versus Buxton yeah. MVP race, yeah. and it was no one else close. And we've really seen since then. Obviously, he's become a, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Otani race. But that first month, that for those that don't remember, Trout was on absolute fire. And then the second month, he continued it when Buxton was out and Trout was the MVP runaway case. Mm-hmm. And he gets mm-hmm. hurt, of course. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately, uh, he will not be playing in the game because of his injury. But for those that think that he might not have deserved it, just wanted to remind you guys that you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. He's still, I mean, he's still the best player in the game. But uh, you know, moving down the line, uh, Aaron Judge getting an outfield start, and then also Teoscar Hernandez. We saw this guy kind of burst on the scene last season, and yeah. it's 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 kind of it's cool to see kind of him burst on the scene again and still take that uh, that AL outfield starting nod for the American League. And then, of course, Shohei rounding it about at the DH. Pretty easy, you know, vote right there yeah, to be the I, DH. Oh, what I will say is I do think Teoscar getting the spot over Mullins is pretty weird it is it is weird um, though yeah you're right teoscar only sitting at a 1.2 base reference score right now on the season and a 119 ops plus mullins really blows him away in both those categories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um uh teoscar is a guy who i like and he has good power and he's a good player uh he actually has some speed as well but um i think a lot of that voting might have been off of last season how good he was yeah and yeah. he did start out pretty good this year as well but he is not the complete player that Mullins has been this season so far. And Mullins, I do believe, I'm not, it hasn't been announced, but my gut is says that he will get the start over Trout's spot yep. since Trout will not be uh, participating in the game. And that would make a lot of sense. Center it does. Field, center field. It does. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think Mullins is going to get that respect. But Mullins not getting the top three vote uh, or essentially getting uh, snubbed out by Teoscar Hernandez, um, it was kind of a head-scratcher for me, i It was. It was, yeah. And so, uh, of course, you're right. Mullins will get the start uh, probably over center for Trout. And um, moving on, kind of, the, we'll go kind of the, through the reserves really quickly. But, you know, catching reserve, we got Mike Zanino of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, huge, just power hitter, of course. And, yeah. and you know, to, took a step, respect to, it. Took, took a step this season, and he's in a good spot. So I like the pick. Definitely. And so second base, we have Jose Altuve. Of course, I think he's possibly probably the better, the, the second best short second baseman in the league, kind of grown this season. And so he'll be the second baseman reserve. Reserve. Shortstops, we have two. It's Bichette and Correa, rightfully so. Those are definitely, you know, great picks. Uh, first baseman, they finally got it right. So the two first baseman reserves are Matt Olson and Jared Walsh. Hallelujah, baby. Hallelujah. So they finally I, got it right. And it's funny how the nominations, it's not like those are the guys that are going to be on the reserves. It's almost like... Which is good. Yeah, think, exactly. Think it's good. I, it's good. I was I was, I was, was concerned for a while that Walsh and Olsen were going to just not be in the team. Mm-hmm. And that would just seem like the biggest crime. Like, how yeah. can you have these guys not even reserves, but you're going to give the reserve to Jose Abreu just because he's more of a household name, I guess? Or he's and more, you know what? Slide Jared Walsh in outfield. He can play a little outfield, he too. He can do so, it all, so, ladies and so, gentlemen. And he can pitch. <laughs> if you yeah. want him to pitch in the ninth, he'll come out there and pitch. But it's good to see him in there. Uh, third base, Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Indians. He wasn't a nominee, and that was kind of a surprise because Mancada and Bregman were, and they were they were good. But, you know, it, it, Jose Ramirez, of course, from last season, too, has been a complete stud. And this season, of course, too, he's kind of been carrying that uh, Cleveland Indians offense kind of by himself because oh, yeah. there's, there's not too many people, um, you know, on the Indians right now with the at least the offensive side that's yeah. been really a bright house, you know, a household name for, for the American League. Yeah. Jose Ramirez is... is a- Kind of uh, consistently a sleeper MVP kind of guy. He's one of the most underrated players. He's at a 2.8 WAR already in the season, a 134 OPS plus. He kind of he kind he can get you like a 135 OPS plus in his sleep. He's a he's a great third baseman. Yeah. Uh, not seeing him in the top three voting was like you said a bit of a surprise, but I'm glad he's still on the team nonetheless. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so moving down that line too, with uh you know some of the starting pitchers, um you know we see Bieber, we see Cole. Uh, you know, new names kind of, you know, Nathan Evaldi and Kyle Gibson and uh, Kikuchi of the Seattle Mariners. Kind of three yeah. new names we haven't really seen too much, you know, finally getting the all-star uh, recognition. Lance Lynn uh, has been strong. And, of course, also Carlos Rodon, you know, one of your guys who's actually, you know, been kind of the powerhouse yeah. of the AL starting pitching. Um, he gets, of course, the uh, the all-star or the all-star, you know, spot on the list. So, sure. um, kind of, you know, kind of an inter- interesting list and, uh, you know, Nothing too crazy. I might have a couple snubs here and there. Yeah, I, I think a guy like Chris Bassett we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. uh, might have, should, have, should have had a little bit more credit to him. Travis, I'll just say this right now. We can do a quick little quick little bit. Um, if you had to pick one of those AL starting pitchers and you had to say, this guy is who I'm going to roll with for the first inning, you're the coach. Yeah. Who would you pick? It's tough. I mean, you know, I pro- you know. You you made good points about Rodon last week. Um, consistently, I would probably have to just go with Lance Lynn. Yeah, I think just because okay. he he the White Sox are doing really good, and you know I got to give him credit for what he's been doing this season. He's, so he's been a very consistent presence. For I I, I got to probably go the, Lance Lynn being the starter. Presence. Yeah, but it, you know of course it'll be tough. And um, I like that. I think yeah. that I think that Lynn and Rodon are the two options in my mind. I yeah. think that those are two guys. It's funny that the White Sox have the one A and one B kind of guy. That are like going to be the 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 decision that uh, I believe I believe the coach uh, uh, Cash will have to make the decision. Yeah, uh, if I'm not yep. mistaken. But some of the guys who are used to thinking of as like the guy who would start the game, like a Garrett Cole type, 
uh, has kind of slipped up in the last couple starts, and uh, we'll see how it lines up with uh, guys who are, uh, you know, actually allowed to pitch that day based on like rest and how you know when the last time they pitched for their team was. But I agree. I think I, I'll probably pick Rodon, but Lynn, Lynn and Rodon are the two guys in my mind that these are the guys who we could see ourselves picking. Definitely, definitely. And then moving to the relievers. Uh, Matt Barnes of the Red Sox, Chapman of the Yankees, Hendricks of the White Sox, Presley of the Tigers, and then also Greg Russoto of the Detroit Tigers. So you kind of get, uh, you know, your one Detroit guy in there. But, um, you know, one guy, of course, I think will be kind of a snub for us. And I, I we were talking about it is, you know, Russell Iglesias for the Angels. Kind of, you know, he has been... Um, I would say pretty consistent because we, you know, I, I would say we've seen kind of a downfall from Aroldis Chapman so far. He's had, of course, a good first half, but the last two weeks he has just been so, you know, iffy coming out of the bullpen. Um, I know he's kind it's of been, it's, it's been a bit of a nightmare. For it, the it has been. I know Yankee fans are saying, you know, what is going on? Even though Chapman's such a household name, Iglesias had had some really stellar moments in the first half. Um, but of course, I, I think probably fans are like, oh, the Angels have had too much, you know, too many people. Considering that you know yeah. they're not, of course, uh, you know, first place team, but they of course have Trout, Yotani, Walsh, but Iglesias has been very uh, nice. A, a, a real quick rundown, Travis. You completely read my mind. I, if I was making this bullpen, I would just take Chapman, dra- drag him out of the bullpen, <laughs> and then I would pick up Iglesias and drop him right in. Yeah, and the rest is fine. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Chapman does not really have a case. He was the best reliever in baseball, or maybe at least the AL. For the first month or two, mm-hmm. he allowed like no runs for yeah. the first like several weeks of the season. Right now, he's at a four point seven one ERA, Travis. Four point one, four point seven one. Yeah, he's that's below average because he's at a ninety two ERA plus. Uh, he still has a good number of saves because he's in a good team. He's at sixteen, but that number has been sitting at sixteen for a while because they keep putting him in and he keeps blowing games. It's happened twice in a row now against the Mets last night and the Angels last week. Uh, Rezal Iglesias, on the other hand, uh, is at a 3.52 ERA, which is much, much better. Uh, Iglesias has uh, just been a complete, um, I wouldn't say surprise because he also was good last season, but what he's done for us in the last couple of weeks, Travis, uh, as an Angel fan, is he's just come in. Madden will use him in an inning plus. Mm-hmm. He'll get a couple outs in the eighth as well, and he'll just come in and just completely shut the other team out from having any chance of winning. Um He's just been super special, and he also is at a 1.1 war, whereas Chapman's at a zero. So, wow, wow, yeah. Uh, baseball reference war favors Iglesias heavily. I like that you mentioned those two guys because I completely agree. Rizel deserves a spot over Chapman 100% in my mind. Yep, yep, okay, good. We agree on that. And then, um, you know, moving to the kind of the NL starters, uh, not, of course, not too much of a, you know, I disagreement here. I'd say, you know, catching, we have Buster Posey. First baseman, Freddie Freeman. Second baseman, Adam Frazier. Kind of, you know, kind of an interesting pick for the second base spot. We, of course, have been kind of shining on him for the past couple of weeks. Um, been a nice surprise there. Uh, third base, Nolan Arenado. Shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. And then the outfield. I think we really don't have any complaints about that. Acuna Jr., Castellanos, and Winker. Both yeah, guys. I mean, all those, three guys have been. Th- those, three, those three, there's no questions at all. The only place I do have questions, Travis, is first base. So tell me what you think about the fact that they have Freeman over Muncie. I it think is, that's the biggest question. It, it, it is it is a huge question mark. And you know what? It, it's, it just sucks that the way it is. I mean, I, of course, I've always been... A, I'm a big Freddie Freeman guy. Of course, like I'm a yeah. big Nolan Arenado guy. So I really don't have too much of a problem. But I know, of course, Muncie has been having, I would say, a better season than Freddie Freeman. 
Um, I think sure. I think sometimes it does become a little bit of a popular popularity contest. Yeah. And so I I, I don't have too much of a, of, a, of a problem with this lineup or this, but you know Muncie is a big name. It sucks because you know you look at Chris Taylor and Max Muncie. Man, imagine if they were just playing second base this season. I mean, they would just be the easiest guys to right. get well, to get the nominations for that. And the th- the thing is that Muncie does play first and second, and he'll pinch hit and he'll yeah. do this kind yeah. of different utility kind of role. And that's why I think he even has innings at third base, if I'm not mistaken this season but uh yeah he's just a guy who is going to be in these different spots and because of that might not get all that first much first baseman all-star love but just looking at the numbers muncie leads uh the national league in on base and he leads it in walks he has a 4.1 war a 171 ops yep. plus mm-hmm. he is beating freeman in all these pretty much every category is just destroying freeman so um seeing freeman get the nod a lot of that probably has to do with what he did last season uh, because he was the MVP and there was no All Star game, so they want to give him some credit. But it's too bad for Muncie because he has been, uh, you know, he's an MVP candidate. Yeah. Let alone just an All Star starter. He, you know, he, yeah. he's. I hope he gets, uh, you know, to get you know some time off the bench in the game because he does deserve it. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Most definitely. And 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 moving to more of the reserves on the uh, on the National League, and still we seeing the same thing. It's almost like the the nominations are completely, you know, different different than the yeah. reserves. So. Uh, you know, catching for the NL JT Real Muto, of course, one of the best catchers in the game. We all know that. Um, so he'll be the catcher for their uh, second baseman for the NL. We see Ozzy Albies and we also see Jay Cronenworth. So happy to see Cronenworth finally get that attention that he deserves yeah. um, at the short or at the second base position. Um, to, to shortstop, we see Brandon Crawford. Of course, he's been um, kind of battling with Tatis as that shortstop position because both those guys have been incredibly good this season. And then also we see Trey Turner. Trey Turner has just been, been such an underrated guy for the NL and for the Nationals right now. Um, love to see his name on there for the shortstop position. And then also going back to the first base spot, Max Muncy. That's where he'll be um, in the reserves right there. So uh, of course, you know, I, I could see Dave Roberts putting him at second base. I could see him moving him kind of around playing different spots for Max Muncie um, for that particular reason. And then for third base, we see Chris Bryant, who, of course, we've really liked, you know, in the podcast and the previous uh, recordings with, totally. our, with our all MLB rankings. And then also we see Eduardo Escobar of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So D-backs finally get their kind of their bright spot and this is actually big because this is actually probably puts him on the trade pedestal very very heavily now yeah. you have an all-star mm-hmm. third baseman he can play second he can play i think short and even first base so he makes the all-star team and then the outfield running it about you have bets you have brian reynolds of the pittsburgh pirates you have schwarber of the nationals juan soto of the nationals and then chris taylor of the dodgers um, Alex, one guy I'll have to point out that I really think was a snub that was on the nominations, but he wasn't on the reserve, and that's Bryce Harper. You know, wow, looking yeah. at Bryce Harper, um, you know, kind of an interesting guy that didn't make the team. And, you know, one guy that I actually, you know, he, this guy's, you know, I think in, in, before the season started, Mookie Betts was getting praised for being the best baseball player in the game right now over Trout. Betts, of course, having kind of a huge just drop off this season. Only batting 247 with 10 home runs, 49 runs, 31 RBIs, and then an on base of 358. I mean, he's he's a 400 OP on base kind of guy, and just yeah. having a huge drop off, and only a 452 slugging, and that's an 810 OPS with a 126 OPS plus. Harper this season is uh, more home runs with 14 home runs, a higher batting average than uh, than Betts at 266. 40 runs, 26 RBIs, but a better on base than Betts with a 371, a better slugging at 505, 
and then an OPS of 876 with a 141 OPS plus. He's almost a 150 OPS plus guy, Bryce Harper. Oh, Harper's and bad. Yeah. It's kind of insane that, and he's a big name, and you don't see him on the MLB All Star team this year. Him and also, like you said, Machado, big kind of snubs we've seen with the All Star right now uh, for at least position players. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that? Or, and any guys you see that are not in the reserves? I like that you brought that up. Uh, I didn't even, it didn't even, it didn't even register to me that Harper didn't make the cut at all mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. is a guy who. Like, you know, a month into the season, he was like an MVP watch yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. He's missed some time on injury, and that for sure has hurt him. And the argument for Betts over over uh, over uh, Bryce Harper, obviously, is Betts' amazing defense. They've yeah. had to use him mm-hmm. in center field sometimes because Be- Bellinger's missed time, and he's been able to fill in great. He plays good defense anywhere he plays. But I think the difference in those bats is too much to ignore. Um, I think that Harper... Uh, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a snub. It's definitely a snub because Betts is probably getting extra credit for how good he was last year as well as the Dodgers just being a great team and he's like their best player in a lot of ways. Uh, not this season, but in, in, in general, he's their best player. And yeah, I know I totally agree. I think another name I want to kind of bring to light uh, is JT Realmuto. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, probably still the best catcher in baseball just based on what he's done the last few seasons. But right now he's, you know, sitting at a... 805 uh, OPS and he you know he, he he's good he he's he's maybe having a slight slight down year but it's not it's not it's not a huge drop off or anything but I do think Will Smith has been better so far um mm-hmm. just in terms of batting and then I did see some actually some war stats that also favored uh Will Smith over JT Realmuto has the better baseball reference war uh, which implies you know he's kind of doing uh I guess Will Smith's doing it both offensively and being a good defender as yeah. well yeah. so um, seeing no Will Smith on the list at all is also kind of a surprise to me. Someone who I would consider a snub, um, at least at least uh, at least a little bit, yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely with that. And um, and moving kind of towards the pitching staff, we went about this bat last week. You know, the NL pitching is been insane this season. So it's, the, the, it's so deep. Yeah, the starting pitching will be very impressive to watch in this game. Um, and, and, and running about the top with Corbin Burns of uh, Milwaukee, and then you Darvish, Degrom, Kevin Gosman, Herman Marquez which is kind of an interesting uh, guy to bring up. Uh, Trevor Rogers of Miami, Zach Wheeler, and then Brandon Woodruff. Um, what is your kind of, you know, take on this, you know, starting pitching stuff? All the guys we mentioned are elite guys. Yeah. Um, I know, I think one guy that was kind of an interesting one is Herman Marquez. Yeah. I think kind of just him being the Colorado guy, they kind of wanted to get him in. Yeah, because right, every team needs a representative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. if you had to pick someone off the Rockies... Story is, you know, there's enough shortstops. I guess there's enough shortstop talent in general, yeah. so they mm-hmm. left him off. McMahon didn't get the nod either, so they went towards Marquez, and mm-hmm. I think he's a great pitcher. I think he, you know, is an all-star in a lot of ways. Uh, is he having uh, his best season? Is he, you know, up there with some of the other guys? Maybe not, but I do think that he is, you know, he's an all-star pitcher, and yeah. I have no I have no problem with him being there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one guy that definitely, to me, got not not I mean, not a little slub, snubbed, but... um. Uh, Freddie Peralta on the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah, I mean, kind of having just a crazy season. And oh, I, I, agree. I mean, I mean, he is up there with some of these guys, and so and that's why I'm saying Milwaukee man, that'd be crazy if they would have had three starting pitchers on the All Star right. team because they are just a pitching, you know, elite team right now. Uh-huh. Um, one name, of course, I just thought that he was definitely, you know, going to be possibly on the list, but um, still a good strong list. Um, moving down to the relievers, I I really don't have any problem with this relievers. You know, Hader, Kimbrel, Melanson, and Alex Reyes, the Cardinals. All guys are just, I mean, elite stuff. We talked about Hader and Kimbrough and Melanson last week. Um, 
anything with that on that. Yeah, one quick addition there on those relievers. There is a guy who I think deserves to be there, and he's not. I'm going to read you his stats real quick. <laughs> a 1.3 ERA. He has 21 saves in 34 innings pitched. That's a 290 ERA plus, by the way, that 1.3 mm-hmm, ERA. Mm-hmm. 34 games. So he's been in plenty of games, plenty of innings. A 1.3 ERA. You know who I'm talking about? 40, 40 Ks in these 34 innings. I'm going to maybe say Jansen. It is. Jansen. I, I assume you're looking at him as well. I'm not, no, and I actually oh, okay. was not, but I know he's up there in the list, of course, when it comes to, when it comes to relievers. Jansen yeah. is someone who is – he's actually – Melanson was the A-plus guy in the NL closing mm-hmm. for a long time there. Has had a bit of a slip-up. I do think Jansen – not being there is a bit of a snub. I do think I do think he deserves a consideration, but he he is not on the team this year. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and, and there's always a bunch of guys that we can always talk about that way is not being you know snubs. Jansen, you're right. I mean, he is kind of a household name when it comes to the NL and it comes to closers in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And of course, not seeing his name on there is a little bit of a surprise. Of course, Hader, Kimbrough, and Lanson. I mean, they have to of course be higher than than Jansen. Well, I I I, I, I hear you. And I do agree. In, <laughs> I do agree in some ways, but Melanson does have the worst ERA now. Melanson's up at a two twenty seven now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he he leads baseball in saves because that's just the way the closers work. It's yeah, about how yeah. how good your team is in those close games. He does shut the door a lot. So and I feel like too leaving the guy with the most saves out of the All Star game is kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. I, I know, of course, it's it's definitely it's kind of like wins. You're just you're you have to have a lot, almost you don't have to have a lot of help, but you just you have to be put in the position. Whereas a guy like Hater, where he just comes in no matter what and is just going to be, you know, elite and strike out almost a side coming in. But um, no, you're right. It, it, it is it is kind of you, you like to see those more important stats. And if a guy gets left off, it's kind of a shame. So um, just, just real quick, yeah. real quick, Travis, you brought up wins and it's a good comparison. Wins and saves are kind of similar in that way. The guys who lead baseball in wins right now is Savali, Kyle Hendricks and Julio Urias at 10 wins. Then Di Sclafani. Kershaw, Bassett, and Eovaldi are tied for fourth. So you have to go down eight names to find a guy who was an all-star. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a similar comparison. Wins and saves, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made that the guy who leads in saves might not doesn't have to be an all-star. Same way the guy who leads in wins. We don't see Savali, Hendrickson, Urias yeah. Yeah. being in these votes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so kind of interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting. But uh, you know, rounding about the, the you know the all-star team, uh, you know, of course, you know, very of course we're we're at least really happy to get back to the uh you know all-star game. Of course, missing it last year. Now, of course, we get to see all the star power back on the field, especially in a such a hitter-friendly ballpark in Coors. It's gonna be a really fun weekend. It guys. could be it could be a very high scoring game, but of course with the NL starting pitching staff, it could be a very low scoring game. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what uh what we have in store for that. But of course, you know, just kind of giving you our snubs of the of the all-star team, getting you kind of our, you know reserve snubs our nomination of course snubs we had a lot of that but um anything else alex that yeah. you know we get we got covered today? I, I think that pretty much wraps everything up um so actually next week we can go we're gonna go over some of our first half uh kind of recap travis we've already kind of discussed our all-star stuff and our like first half players that we liked but we're uh, next week we're gonna go over our first half i guess predictions kind of recapping what we saw what we predicted on opening day, opening week, and say, yeah, okay, yeah. Travis, this is this is this is where our thoughts going into the season. How does that stack up now, and how do we see things see things continuing into the second half? So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think that'll be a fun conversation. We can maybe recap some of our bets, Travis, as well. That you know we're half of the way through the season, yeah. and we had a lot of baseball bets. You so can, you we, can either rip up some of those uh, some those, of those, those wager cards, yeah, you can, or you can keep them. You know, or you can say this on you. This one might make me the money. So yeah. uh, we'll recap that next week for you guys, and hoping to have a good conversation about you know halfway point. 
all-star break, you know, where are we at going into the second half, uh, and then we can have some discussions about that. So I think that's about it. Uh, sound, like, sound, sound good, Travis? Sounds all good to me. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. I appreciate all the support, and uh, catch you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> Just kidding.